All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy Cole here of the Steel Guitar Podcast in the the man cave, I guess. There's a lot going on back here. And I actually have a guest today. Um he's a young and he's he's a little bit younger than I am, exactly a, a year and a week, I think, younger than I am. Uh good friends, been friends for good lord. Some would say too long, but I say not long <laughs> enough. <laughs> he's laughing i can see his face uh i would like to introduce you to you guys my best friend mr blake flincham how you doing today brother what is up everybody what's up cole good to be with you today man i'm uh i'm excited for this i've been uh been meaning to be on here much earlier than july 22nd 2023 i was planning on being like episode two but you know life life does you like that sometimes but i'm pretty excited to be on yeah he always kind of has to make things about himself most of the time he's a very egomaniac over here but <laughs> Just uh, it's nice to have blake on um me and him's been friends for a long time long time friends basketball coaches listeners of country music the list goes on and on. So, Blake, if you don't mind, tell the people a little bit about yourself. What do you do? What do you enjoy? Yeah, so I, uh, 23, and turns out when you said that we were like 53 weeks apart, my birthday is actually next Friday, the 28th. So, I will turn a whopping 24 since you're 25 now. Yeah, so, so old. Yeah. So you're right. I am much younger than what you are. So I appreciate your uh, uh, your recognition there. But uh, no, nah, I'm a uh, children's pastor in Durham and uh, and an interim youth pastor. I also do some side work out at a garden center. So I get the get the best of both worlds. Love, uh, obviously, love my pastoral work, but also get to feel uh, get to feel country with my garden center job too. So that's a uh, I, I love it. Love what I do. Get the best of both worlds there. I've been a long time, lifelong country music fan and always will be. Love uh, love country music. Love all sorts of music, but particularly probably Christian and country are definitely my top two that I really, really like. So I'm I'm really looking forward to talking about the concert that we went to. If you can call it a concert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. So me and Blake, for our both of our birthdays, since we are a week apart, we decided that we were going to go see a concert. And I already had a concert planned for August for us to go to, but he's like, he sent me a text like, yo, we're going to go to this concert. So if you want to go, let me know. I'm like, sure, let's go. And then I get a text later, a week later, and be like, hey, can you buy the tickets for me? <laughs> <laughs> Your uh, your credit statement for me this month is gone wild. <laughs> it sure has. Man, Bank of America ought to send me a thank you letter or something, man. <laughs> yeah, pay for the tickets, and then me and Blake are going to uh, Talladega for his uh, bachelor's party, his mini bachelor's party, I guess, or his mega, oh. whatever you, whatever which one you consider it, and uh, yeah. going with a couple of friends. It's going to be a good time, uh, a good time fellowship, good. partying, et cetera. Well, partying, uh, very friendly, G-rated. Mm -hmm. G rated 100%. <laughs> we'll be playing uh hymns the whole time, reading the singing, Bible, singing, you know, doing all the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, the concert that we went to, which was July 
what what day was it? Twentieth. It was the twentieth, the day before my birthday. I was born on the twenty first. Um, we went to see Thomas Rhett was the headliner, along with Nate Smith opening first and Cole Swindell. And as you guys know, I'm very much a traditionalist music connoisseur, so this is kind of out of my element. Um, it was definitely different for me. Um, I actually had the great experience and opportunity was to invite Blake to go see Cody Jinx for the first time and a couple months ago. And uh, Blake, how was your experience with that? Because you've been to previous concerts like Kidney Chesney and Alabama, some traditional senses, but you've also been to places like Kane Brown and other concerts. So what was your opinion on it? Yeah, of the Cody Jinx. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, Cody Jinx. I mean, I'm a new fan uh, for sure. I mean, it was a, I mean, fun experience all around. And I, I, like I said, I've been a lifelong country music lover. Um, I really, really love uh, traditional country, but I'm somebody who I'm going to make a distinction between traditional country and the newer country. Um, and I would definitely label. Cody Jinx is like a traditional kind of country guy, probably more outlaw country if you want to be more specific. But I had an absolute blast. I mean, he put on a heck of a show, and the music's catchy. I mean, his he's got an excellent voice, too. And that's one thing that I was just, like, really kind of wild about was just uh, his uh, his just overall performance, and the music was catchy, the uh uh, definitely going to an outdoor venue, I think, beats an indoor venue any day of the week. Because, um, like, I'll give you an example. When I went to go see Kenny Chesney in Bank of America Stadium versus seeing him in Greensboro, it ain't even close. <laughs> I don't know. And, like, uh, but that's uh, – so I think going to see him outdoors, get back to Cody Jenks, seeing him outdoors – was uh it was just an awesome experience loved loved his music uh very heartfelt that um that i could tell and he just uh he just does an overall job with his craft yeah, absolutely uh one thing about him is you don't expect that voice from that face and that beard and everything it's just it doesn't match necessarily but that's what uh, we love about cody so but uh, also, what about the openers? I know you said you really enjoyed one of the openers. Uh, what did you think about the openers at the Cody Jinx concert? Yeah, I mean, Aaron Bynecourt, I thought, did a really good job. She kind of gives me Loretta Lynn vibes, maybe like some Tammy Wynette a little bit kind of kind of vibes. Uh, I really liked uh, Charles Wesley Godwin, too. Um, I can't quite – I remember more songs from Cody Jinx, if I'm being honest. But um, I would definitely go see Charles Wesley Godwin again. I mean, obviously, I'd go see Cody Jinks again in a heartbeat. But uh, Charles Wesley Godwin, folks, if you're looking for, like, a new kind of upcoming kind of traditional country guy, he's your he's your man for sure. I think he's coming to Winston-Salem here soon, ain't he, Cole? Yes, sir. I have tickets. Go see him. I have two tickets, actually. I got two just in case somebody wanted to go, which I offered and to him first. But I'm – I could go. So, listeners, the highest bid is yours. <laughs> Be like one penny, two penny, three penny. <laughs> oh my gosh! But, but uh, when um, 
obviously with Charles Wesley Godwin, his I would say like his signature thing was when he cues country roads. His that's that's when he's really in my opinion, seeing him, that's when he's at his when he's at his max. For sure. Well, he is from West Virginia, so that, that yeah. song holds a great value for West Virginians in general. But I mean, yeah. just in general, that is one of the top ten most sold country songs of all time. Also one of the most prestigious ones. Most people know that song, so Yeah, no, absolutely. He did a did a fantastic job with it. It was really cool to see Aaron and Cody come join him with the yeah. uh, last chorus. Something that was uh, that I was really impressed with because I've never seen the. Oh, uh, let me let me say that again. I've never seen the main act come out with the opening acts before his main act. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And that was uh, I thought that was really impressive to me. That was that's an act of humility. If I mean. That's just my opinion. But the fact that he came out with his openers was, I mean, that was awesome. And I don't think I've ever seen that before. Exactly. And uh, back when Cody was uh, playing back in Asheville, I forgot what uh, venue it was. It was an inside venue. It's kind of like the Greensboro Coliseum. Um, Essentially, Ward Davis, which me and Blake are going to see in a couple of weeks, which I'm so excited for. I actually have VIP tickets to meet Ward, and Blake's never heard Ward's music before, and I know he's going to be a fan if you like Cody Jinks, so it's going to be a great time. But uh, Ward was actually opening for Cody in Asheville, and the song I'm Not the Devil came out on Cody Jinks's album, but Ward Davis wrote oh. that song. Yeah, it's a great oh. song. Okay. But Ward Davis wrote that song, and Ward plays it on the piano, essentially, which is a fun little twist to it. And Cody actually came out and uh, sang it with him in Asheville. So, Man. that was pretty cool. Man, I bet that was fun. Oh, it was fun. great. But let's get to a concert where I really don't have a lot to say, necessarily, but... Blake might have a little bit more to say is the concert we actually went to, which was at the Greensboro Coliseum. Um, it was a good time to be with him. I mean, it's always a good time to hang out with old Blake. Um, even if, you know, he invites you to go out to eat and you get sent to the wrong place to eat. So I did not know that there are two Stamies barbecues in Greensboro. And I, I thought I'd say it beside the Coliseum, but I guess not. So that's uh, that's on me. I had two barbecue plates, so I was uh, I was happy. He you was might not. He was, he was two barbecue plates in. <laughs> yeah, I was two plates in for this concert. <laughs> oh my gosh! But let's start, man. So Nate Smith was the first opener. He opened. The first, I mean, well, he opened, obviously, but he had, like, a great emotion to start the concert. I know Blake was just getting to his seats when Nate actually started his uh, set, but he started out very fast, very fast-paced, and it was kind of funny because there was an instance where his number one song on the radio literally was just his number one song on the radio. His mic actually cut out. And when it cut out, 
the crowd, even though it was an opening act, so usually your opening acts are your less volume. There's not that many people. When he like lost the essential mic connection, they just started singing the song without no cue. They just went on with it. And I found that really cool. That was like definitely one of the highlight moments for me in this concert because it was like a great unison, uh, com- like a community thing. Yeah. And of course, he got he got the microphone like twenty seconds later and started going after it again. But that's literally what I wrote about Nate Smith, and that's not necessarily saying he was a bad act. It was just I didn't have a lot to say because his set was around only twenty to twenty five minutes. So. Yeah, and it was I thought that was super unfortunate for him because he um the number one song I I can't remember the exact title but it's um like ain't going to waste another drop of whiskey on you. And I mean great great song. I mean, I would consider that probably more along the lines of like the traditional country what he what he sang and it was just man, that was really unfortunate for whenever the uh your mic goes out but it was cool because uh seeing the crowd kind of pick up the slack if you will that was uh that was really good and i'm sure he was uh could have been a perfect storm for him and being be encouraged by that too because with the way the crowd handled that they uh they just sang it right along and uh he didn't even need the mic so it was uh, you know i was uh i was pretty impressed by the crowd's reaction to that yeah, because you usually don't see that many people. Even though Greensboro is a great venue, it's a very big venue. There's a lot of seats. There's a lot of seats to fill when it comes to Greensboro. So there was a lot of people already there. I mean, already a couple. with Steve Weiser's in, if you know what I'm saying, and having a good time. So uh, you had know, a bad experience at the Greensboro Coliseum. There really isn't, and that's like me and Blake about a year ago. I think it was a, about a year ago. Me and him went to go see Alan Jackson. And when I tell you guys, we were on like the tippity top. We were on the tippity top on the right side of the stage. I'm telling you, we were in the nosebleeds of the nosebleeds. <laughs> it's like we had a third nose. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a second nose, but uh, maybe three noses, man. But we were up there. We, we were all up there. up there. Um, but we had an amazing time, and Alan put on a great show for being as old as he is. He was really giving his best, you know. I honestly expected him to just stand there and sing, but he was moving around as much as uh, as much as he could. And I mean, throwing t-shirts out to the crowd, I'm like, "Dang, Alan! All right, now <laughs> this man's got a cannon." Yeah, I mean, he was uh, he was throwing them good. So he was, uh, yeah, that was an awesome concert that we went to there. Yeah. So me, me and Blake's been to some pretty good concerts. Um, so when he offered to go to this one, I'm like, well, maybe it'll be a good concert, you know? And it was a good time, 100%. And honestly, for the price of the tickets, it's an extremely good value. Yeah, and that's – uh, I'll just kind of go ahead and um, talk a little bit about Thursday night when we went, you know, with the – I thought with the um, – with it being on a Thursday night, obviously that's not the most convenient night for working people. But – the ticket prices I thought matched the demand that they were going to have. And I think that's one reason that you saw that place pretty much full on Thursday night was because it didn't cost an arm and a leg to go to. And I think 
I mean, we'll just go ahead and I'll just kind of talk about Thomas Rhett here for a little bit. I yeah, think that absolutely. go ahead. I think that kind of shows a reflection of his character as a good Christian man. You know, you don't go and not have to pay, you know, a hundred dollars for a nosebleed tickets. And he, the performance was amazing. I thought he did an excellent job, especially when he, um, uh, when he opened when on the drum set, you know, he kind of came out of the, uh, came out, came up from under the stage on like this riser and, was killing it on the drum set and I've never seen that from a from a country music guy before so I I thought that was a really uh, a really impressive start to the show and the the crowd was really into it I mean he uh you he has a you can tell he has a target audience there you know when you look at some people like uh Thomas Rhett and Cole Swindale they you know they're going to they're going to attract kind of like some younger women, you know, that was, I would say the concert there was probably 60, 40 girl to guy ratio. You think that's fair? Maybe I'd say 70. More 70, 30. It was. Yeah. And it was, a, uh, but they, I mean, it was a fun time all around. The crowd was into it and I thought he did a really, really good uh, performance. I, I would consider Thomas Rhett, his strengths are definitely his slower songs, I think. Like "Marry Me" and uh, obviously "Die Happy Man" and um, uh, "What's Your Country Song." You know, some stuff like that. I think are definitely some of his strength because you really hear that South Georgia accent in those songs, and that's something that I really like about uh, that. And I. I like his um, upbeat songs. Don't get me wrong. I just, I, I hate that with the more upbeat songs, you just can't hear that country accent as much. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I, I agree with you. I, I really enjoyed the slower stuff. And it's not like we're trying to skip over Cole Swindell, but honestly, I wouldn't blame ourselves if we did. Um, yeah. The, my take on Cole Swindell. So I, I don't hate Cole Swindell by any means. I I like his music. Don't get me wrong, but I, me personally, I'm not in love with his music. But he, the following that he does have, you can tell. I mean, when he started singing, um, uh, she had me at Heads Carolina. Man, that place went wild, <laughs> and it was it was fun to watch everybody's reaction and. He he has some really good songs. I think like Drink a Bye is one of his good songs. And um obviously she had me at Heads Carolina's a huge hit on the radio right now. So uh I thought he I thought he did an all right job. I mean, I'm not in love with the guy by any stretch of the imagination, but if you know, if you're listening in and you like him, I mean, hey, look, everybody's gonna have their everybody's gonna have their different preferences. I I was much more a Thomas Rhett fan, though, than I was a Cole Swindell fan. I said one of the big strengths of Swindell, honestly, was the electric guitar player that he had on his uh, his band. His electric guitar player was amazing. I hear through the grapevine the girls liked him, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went with a couple of uh, a couple of girls, and uh, I, I he has more of the, uh, the I guess, the foresight and the insight and all what their opinions were because i you know i wasn't really near them the whole entire time i was over here beside uh 
actually an empty seat beside me. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, his uh his electric guitar player was really good. I was uh I was I was pretty pumped when he got out there and kind of was doing his thing a little bit. He did an awesome job. Absolutely. Uh, so I said like first thing at Swindell was was just wide open. Like when he got out there, he was on. He wasn't just in fifth gear, he's in six, and he was stuck in sixth gear, essentially. And, you know, the one thing that I said is just, it seemed like every song, every song that he sang either involved either, like, extreme drinking or some extreme hanky-panky, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's where I feel like country needs to kind of go away from you know what i'm saying because like i and i think that's one strength of thomas Rhett is because the family values that he sings about like his song lyrics are real life for him like with his family and and there wasn't there wasn't like a lot of cussing and there wasn't like a lot of um i mean to me, Thomas Rhett's somebody you could take a family to go see. Absolutely. All right. And I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not against songs with cussing or anything like that, but I'm just saying with Thomas Rhett, he's a very family-oriented guy. Um, you look all over his Instagram, he's got pictures of his wife and uh, kids. He's got a beautiful family, and he um, he lets that bleed over into his music too, which I really appreciate. You know, it wasn't just sex and extreme drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas Rhett, as it was kind of with Cole Swindale. Um, at, but, I mean, the the melodies with it was, you know, it's all right and whatnot. But I just, uh, I mean, like I said, my preference just wasn't, wasn't there. Yeah, I get it. But I will say, like you said, the uh, whole song about the Carolina, the Cali to North Carolina song, essentially. Yeah. That song took off so well because it literally has Carolina in it where we were at. And you can tell he's also, I didn't know this, but he's engaged to a girl from North Carolina. Yeah. That's what he said at the concert. And he's originally from Georgia. I'm if I do believe correct. So, um, he, I mean, everybody apparently was waiting on that song. I mean, I feel like most people were because, and of course it's the last song. He's going to milk it as long as he can. It's like that. It's like that cow that you've had. That's given you several gallons of milk throughout its whole life. And you're just gonna keep milking that sucker till it falls over and dies. And that's well, it's kind of like Kenny Chesney sings. Uh, she thinks my tractor's sexy. You know, it's like you wanted the whole show in in Charlotte. That was his last song. Yep. And he's walking on stage. You're like, dang it, he didn't sing that. Then he comes back on for an encore and sings it. Then you're happy. You know. Yep. So, so yeah, that was kind of how uh, Colson Dale was with the she had me at Heads Carolina. I would say uh, Kenny, I feel like Kenny Chesney's like last song would be like when the sun goes down, because I mean, literally the sun would be going down. On my that, yeah, that's actually in like the, towards the middle of the playlist. Interesting. Yeah, believe it or not. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to see if we can uh, go to Chesney. I'd be interested to see because he's like one of those artists that's the 90s. So it's in the golden era. But you could also argue that he was one of the first like developers into 
the 2000s country, which kind of started to go a different path than the 90s did. And not yeah. saying that 2000s country is bad because some of my favorite artists like Rodney Atkins and Josh Turner and people like that are in the 2000s. Right. It's just the music changed and it changes every decade. I mean, it really does. But the, of course, the changes have gotten so vast now. It's just, it's really hard to call it country music. And that was kind of my big problem coming to this concert is I really didn't know if I was going to a country music concert or if I was going for a pop country concert. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, that's, and that's where um, I think, I think, and this is, and feel free to disagree with me if you want to. But I think that's where Thomas Rhett, that's one of the reasons why he does a tribute to the old music a lot. Because, I mean, even he recognizes that the 90s was the best era of country music. And I think, I think Thomas Rhett's mindset on country, and this is just for me observing him, I think he wants to tribute things where tribute needs to be at but he wants to he wants to move it forward you know what i'm saying and i think he did a good job with that um i mean i love thomas red don't get me wrong I'm, I'm not a fan of every single song but i really think that with this slower stuff you can turn on the radio and be like yeah that's country by pretty easily now when when um when he gets a little bit upbeat and stuff, it does kind of start to blend over into like the new country. Yep. Um, but his his slower stuff, I I have no problem saying it's more along the lines of the traditional country. I agree with that. And then my last point about Swindell, and I said, of course, this is my opinion, but I feel like the best performance was when he sang "Wish You Were Here." Because there was an extreme emotion about that song. Because, I mean, we have all lost somebody in our life. Uh, some people sooner than later. I know you just lost a, a grand a grandfather, I guess, Papa. Yeah, and, back in, yeah. Yeah, it, it's not easy to deal with that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter how much time goes by. You know, you still think about those people in your life. And essentially... He got super choked up, like extremely choked up. And it was really, it was heartbreaking, but also really cool to see. And that's what really was the highlight for me when it comes to uh, him. So, yeah. And that was, uh, that was, I think that was real good on his, because that's, I mean, and I know you mentioned this in the podcast before, but. I think one thing that makes country music so lovable is when when songs do become heartfelt. You know, it's like when you get up every day, go to work because you love your family and, you know, you're planting roots down, trying to start a family or take care of, it, you know, going to church on Sundays. and um, But you're doing life together, like with your family. And when it's very like, uh, and like when the music, really starts to talk about your family. I think that's where country music really thrives on because I'm not, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of pop music by 
any stretch. And I think one reason of that is because it ain't really very, uh, you know, <laughs> family. Family oriented. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. And and now don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some country music that ain't very family, or <laughs> that ain't very family oriented either. You know, especially with the, um, with like the, uh, twenty, uh, twenty twenties country and twenty tens country. You know, um, like somebody like Luke Bryan, I'm probably not comfortable letting my kid listen to if oh, I have one. Excuse me. So I think, I think that was that was good on his part. And a little little snippet here is uh, I actually mentioned this. I, I know that you haven't got extremely far into the podcast yet. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if you remember this, but this was back when me and you used to carpool together to the middle school. When it, what, it was uh, when I arrived with your mom. Yeah. You remember that CD that you forced me to listen to all the time? I do, I do. Oh, why? why? Why did you subject me to that? You know which one I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, definitely some variety you didn't want, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was the, whatever, is it Country Girl I, Shaking For Me album? Whatever album that is, that's the one yeah. that you had. I mean, he ate that stuff up back then. I'm glad he's changed a little bit of his opinion oh, since yeah. then. Yeah. Honestly, when... um. I mean, I have, I personally have no problem with like people drinking, but oh, yeah. When Luke Bryan got on stage, what really kind of turned me away from Luke Bryan when we saw him one year and he got so, I mean, blacked out drunk on stage, he fell on stage. And I'm just like, you know, I'm like, man, I want to see you perform. I don't want to see you fall over. <laughs> you know, that, yeah, that's, I get it. Turned me off away from away from him i understand what you're saying and there's one of those things though is there's performers out there that can do that and perform at the same time there's people out there uh one person that comes to mind is i just went to see uh josh morningstar a couple maybe a month ago and i mean he even said it when he was up there on stage he was absolutely like out there he was in outer space this man was smoking <laughs> the good devil's lettuce before he came on stage right 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 and he performed so freaking well it was it was shocking because you expect somebody wouldn't be able to perform under that kind of stuff but when people like him like other artists have been through the stuff that they had been through because when they songwrite they ain't writing about drugs because, you know, it's the cool thing to write about. They've actually been down that dark road, you yeah. know? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, nobody, nobody's going to wake up one day and be like, hey, I'm going to try this. You know, a lot of times that's going to involve a lot of trauma and a lot of uh, real bad experiences that get you to a dark, to a dark road and to a low point in your life, for sure. Yep. So, like, song, songwriting is almost, I guess, if you really – sit down and dole it down. It's a way to deal with stuff like that. Some past trauma is put it on the paper, sing about it or whatever. And it's almost one of the things where I sit there and think, you know, you're singing about this trauma and people respect it because you put it on the page 
and there's people that can relate to that, but you're also putting yourself right back through the same thing by singing about it, you know? So it's just one of yeah. those interesting things about songwriting that I really do respect a lot. And people like Thomas Rhett, who actually write their own songs, carry so much more charisma and influence. And you can tell, like the uh, new single by Jason Aldean, everybody's freaking out on. <laughs> I like, actually haven't that song yet. I need to go listen to it. I, I have so many opinions, but I, I'm just going to sit here and uh, just try uh, to keep this to the Thomas uh, Rhett concert because I can... Right. I can do I can do other things with this later on down the road. So right. this will be a whole other episode. You could. You need more content, good sir. <laughs> content. But one thing I will say is Jason Aldean didn't write that song. Therefore, you know, it's kind of hard for him to defend the lyrics and stuff because he didn't write it. He don't know what the true meaning of the song was because he didn't write it. He just read it on the page and sang it. So that's my main ordeal. So, all right. So we're about to get to the point where Blake mentioned Thomas Rhett, and we'll we'll get to it. But the Zoom meeting's about to end. I'm on a 30-minute timer here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to end this meeting, undo the recording, make sure it's downloaded so we don't lose it because we don't have to redo this, and then we'll start another session really quick. So you good with that, yep. Mr. Balaco? Sounds good. All right, stay tuned. All right, so Blake, I'm going to go ahead and get into the Thomas Red, and I know you're on a schedule here, so we're going to try to zoom on through this. So you made the uh, comment that he did come out out of the stage on the drums, which was really cool to see. He was also wearing a Greensboro jacket, like a denim jacket, had Greensboro on the back of it. And he threw it out into the crowd and everything. It was really cool. It was a great moment. That's when the energy great. really started. Great intro. Spectacular intro. Absolutely. It was uh, definitely a good way to start the whole entire concert. And he really, like, right out of the gate, first three to four songs were, like, party-ish songs, I would say. Definitely upbeat. Had a good beat to it to get the crowd, I guess, you know, all into it, I guess. And, uh, again, I didn't really know a lot of the songs myself. I listened to his uh, two albums that he just put out, and I listened to specifically the songwriting addition to them. So, like, him explaining what the songs are really about. And you get a deeper understanding and to look over some of the uh, necessarily uh, maybe not blending of country music's a little bit, not traditional style. There's a little bit. It's like in the middle. Almost, you know, you got your yeah. liberals, you got your conservative. He's like a moderate, you know, he's just, he's just <laughs> there. And I would definitely say the slower songs, like Blake said, was the stuff that was really where he excelled so well in my mind to where he was country music, not traditional country music, but he was like 2000s country music, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Blake, you said you brought that point up about the slower song. So let's let's hear it. What was the, about the slower songs for you that really do it other than the accent? Is there anything else that was really uh, indicative of that? I, I think his slower songs are more are more personal for him. 
because like when he opened up his first uh well, his opening song was uh, Vacation, and that's going to be like a hype song. It's like, hey, we're all here, you know, let's just kind of, let's all party together like we're on vacation, you know, which, great first song. That's definitely, if I were him, I would have chosen that song because it's to, you know, the first song is there for hype, you know. And um, I think, I think uh, like, for example, you take the song Die a Happy Man. All right. I mean, when he's writing this about his wife and like and like you take 16, for example, you know, I think those two things really look at life. And like you take, for example, like 16, you know, he's kind of looking life, looking at life. He's like, man, you know, when you're 15, you're just so excited to get your parents out of the car and just can't wait to get your license. But then you can't wait till you're 18. Then you can't wait till you're 21. Then when you're 25 and married with your wife, you just kind of reminisce how uh, it was so exciting to turn 16. And, uh, you know, you feel songs like that. You know what I'm saying? Whereas I think the – the um, and there's nothing wrong with the slower songs I think are more personal for him, which is what I love. And the more upbeat songs are, like, for the hype, you know, and for the vibes, you know what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. That's like when Cody opened with Fast Hand, right? Fast Hand yeah. is like a Western-style ballad, kind of like Marty Robbins does, but it's a lot more rock and roll elements to it. And he started yeah. with that, and it's a, it's a good hype song, but then you have, like, Must Be the Whiskey after it, which is really upbeat. You know what I'm saying? It really sets the stage. Right. It it does. So, I would but definitely when, say and then like when you, and like when you know somebody like Coach Jinx sings like I'm not the devil. You know, like you feel that, you know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. It's definitely one of the better songs in his catalog. Uh my favorite slow Cody song is uh what is it crap? I I always forget names of songs. I'm like I love this song, but yeah, I can't right. remember it, you know? Yeah. What was your favorite song from Thomas Rhett? Definitely 16. Yeah. That has to be it. Because it, yeah. it's got, when you learn the story behind it, that's just amazing. Well, and I think one reason to 16 is relatable to somebody like us is, I mean, you're literally 25 now. I'm twenty, going to be 24 next week. I mean, we're in, you know, that life phase wasn't too long ago for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, the Cody song is uh, Never Alone, or Never Alone. It's, uh, yeah, Never Alone, Always Lonely. It's, it's mm. one of my favorite Cody Jinx songs. And it's, yeah. he played that live for us. You may not remember it because it's towards the end of the set. And Blake was new to Cody, so he was just trying to take everything in, like how I was at the Thomas Rhett concert because – yeah. I went in completely blind. Yeah, and that's uh, but I think um, I think going back to Red, he, I mean, he overall did a did a great job with every song that he did. I am curious to know what was what was your favorite part about the concert? Mm. When I left. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you buzzkill. <laughs> uh, honestly, I'm, of course, going to throw out, being with you is always a highlight in my mind. So 
I will, right, right. I will always say that. But when it comes to the concert itself, I would say, hmm. I would probably say when he went through every single uh, generational of music from the 50s to the 2000s. That was probably the moment where I was like, okay, that is really respectful. That is really cool. And it wasn't country music necessarily. Like he went from Hound Dog, Elvis Presley up to like punk 2000s. You know what I'm saying? But like oh, Matchbox 20. Yes. Yes. Matchbox <laughs> yes. 20. And it was really cool to see because he's showing respect to that music that came before, even though it wasn't country music per se. But if you really do think about it in the deep roots, music influences music. So rock music influences country music. Country music is influenced by pop music now, for better or for worse. But even back then, older pop, like, you know, back in, I guess it's the 40s and the 50s, it influenced country music. So every type of music influences an artist because you can't go up to me and say like, Hey, Cody Jinks, he only listens to country music. He doesn't. He actually started out in a metal band and went to California, which, you know, the, uh, what song did you say the other day? You sent me a song. You said, I love this song. And it was about him being in California. From Cody Jinks. Yes, sir. uh somewhere in the middle yes that yeah. that is like kind of the extent of being in california because he's been he's in the middle ground you know uh there's the same or on the same album there is a song talking about how he went to california and it wasn't for him he didn't enjoy the process because he went with his metal band to california and they came back and they didn't have anything to their name so right right yeah I think that was awesome because, uh, and I thought it was funny too, because I think with any concert you go to, um, like for example, me personally, like a couple years ago, my sister invited me to come to the Kane Brown concert with her. And I, I mean, I didn't know much of his stuff, you know what I'm saying? And he's definitely, I mean, there's no question. He's, He's a new country guy, you know. There's no like traditional country there, but like I, I went with her, and by the end of it, I mean I liked his music, you know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like somebody who's like it has to be traditional or it's gonna suck, <laughs> you know. Because like you know, rock, rock's got some good stuff. Um, you know, there's there's some hip hop that I like, you know. And, um, and he, and I thought it was funny when Thomas Rhett was like, Hey, if you don't know us, Hey, I just want to introduce myself. Hey, I'm Thomas Rhett. And, uh, he said, my daddy's, uh, was Red Atkins. And cause he's like, some of you might be here and you might know the words to every song, or you might be like coming with a friend and your friend says, Hey, we're going to the Thomas Rhett concert. And you're like, uh, who's that? Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I thought, you know, the way I was with you at Cody Jeans, you were kind of like that with me with Thomas Rhett. You Absolutely. know, so. And, and that's why I started with my sister, because I, I didn't really know much of his music. So I think it's, uh, I thought that was awesome from like the artist's perspective, saying, hey, if you're new here, here's who I am. 
Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with that. That's kind of like the whole iconic one. Johnny Cash goes up to the microphone first song says, hi, my name is Johnny Cash. You know, it's kind of the same extent. There, sometimes yeah. people forget that. They don't think about the new people that may be at that concert. And if they have a good time at that concert, the one time they go to a concert and they leave it, they'll be a, they'll yeah. be a fan. Absolutely. They'll be a fan. And that's a, uh, I think, I think if anybody was a new fan of Thomas Rhett, they're definitely left wanting more after, after the concert. Yeah. I would, I would definitely say uh, for me, it was a great look into the newer style of music. Yeah. But on top of that, I can actually respect Thomas Rhett as an artist because he does write his own songs and his slower songs have so much emotion and personal family values, what it means to be Southern Essentially, the three pillars that I talked about in episode four, I believe, in my podcast back when I first started the thing. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it was a it was a good time. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I appreciate you for uh, taking me there, even though I paid for the tickets. But I mean, it, it's whatever. <laughs> I was gonna hold it okay. over your head. You're welcome, you're welcome for the idea. Yeah, Thanks. exactly. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna sign off here. But I have. Two questions for you before we head off here. So right. I always try to ask these two questions to any guest. It doesn't matter who it is. I don't know how far you've gotten into the episodes, but I asked this to Josh and Christian that have been on so far. So All the right. first question, I'm going to give you the easier one first. Okay. If there is one song in country music history where it really screams, this is country music, the embodiment of country music, the song where you're sitting there and someone says, country song, first song that goes to your head is, and why? Man, uh, I'll just be real. The first thing that came to my mind was Check Yes or No by George Strait. I mean, that's just like, a. I mean, how do you not like George Strait? You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's just a classic love song, you know, nothing too scandalous. But it's just, a, you know, two kids that, uh, you know, passing, passing love notes and then they grow up and they're married together, you know. And I think uh, I, I, like, I like that one too. Uh, man. That's hard to say with just one song, but that was just the first thing that came to mind. So I don't know if you've gotten to this far because I know that you're very busy, man. Blake is very busy. He's got multiple jobs. He has a podcast of his own that he actually does with a couple of his friends, which we will plug at the end of this, of course. And and, uh, one, and then I'm on another one with the church podcast. I hear you. So he's he's yeah. a busy man. He works two, Local. three jobs and then does podcasts and – you know, then goes out and does crazy stuff like goes to NASCAR races and concerts and stuff. Man's a busy, busy man. So yeah, a little bit. It's just all a pastime. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He, yeah. he just runs himself down as a pastime. It's all good. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> no, I love it. I love what I do. Well, I'm glad that you chose that song because the Country Classic series is a series that I'm doing where I go through songs. And actually sit there and talk about who wrote them, 
what was the purpose of writing them, why I think they embody country music. And I think that's a great song because George Strait is definitely one of those icons in country music that you can't say that is not country. There's no freaking way in your, there's, there's no way. George Strait is country music. And there's a reason why he has over 40 number one hits in country music. There really is. And it's not necessarily like he's writing these songs for the radio. He wrote these songs just as what they're supposed to be. And he made a living doing that. So I'm really happy that you did bring that up because that will be an episode here in the future whenever you get to it in about, you know, a year and a half, whenever you get to listen to a few more episodes. My schedule clears up soon here in about two weeks, so it'll be good. Okay. Yeah. And the last question that I'm going to ask you, and this is the harder question, so I feel bad for you. (laughs) I feel bad for you, man. So this is essentially the first episode of what I, first episode is literally this title is what is country music to you? And you can take as long as you want, or you can make it as brief as you want to, but what does country music do for you that other music fails to do and why? Man, I'd say relatability, hands down. Just relatability, you know. Um, Because, I mean, like, let's just take an example. You said, like, how much I work. I mean, country music, you know, one of those pillars is about, like, you know, the the blood, sweat, and tears, like, into the work and just the kind of like that blue-collar lifestyle a little bit, you know, and, um, and like, trying to provide, you know, because, like, I got a, a fiancé getting married next March, you know, like, I want to do everything I can right now to make sure that I'm providing for her well later, you know, and uh, shout-out to Hope, love you, honey. I just figured I'd throw that in there. And then, um, and then, uh, just the i mean the word and obviously like obviously the church on sunday stuff is relatable because i you know work in a church so i'm at church on sunday (laughs) you know and uh the you know when country talks a lot about faith too and then also family you know those are always important things to me and um and that's i just relate with that well and i think a lot of people that i know like um you take a song and it's not necessarily country but a country singer has done a remix of it so i'll put that out there but you take somebody like luke combs with his new song that he's got out fast car you know that wasn't originally a country song but he did a remix of it and even though I might not relate with that personally, I know a lot of people in my life who do. So I appreciate him bringing a song of related bit like into the country music world like that. So yeah, for me, it's going to be the relatability and just uh, loving what I do. Yeah. Well, I I truly respect that answer. Very insightful. And uh, just a little follow up to that. What would you say about people that are necessarily spiritually or in ministry? How do you deal with, you know, 
the other side of country music because there's a lot of uh, sinful things in country music. There's lying, there's cheating, there's stealing. How do you deal with that spiritually? Yeah, so like, are you asking like, am I like as a Christian okay listening to it or or how or let me let me ask you a follow up on your question. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what what exactly? What exact? Elaborate a little bit more on that. Okay, so. Say that you are either a practicing Christian or whatever faith, I guess, but Christian specifically for you, and yeah. you you sit down and you're listening to country music and you really like the beat of a song, you really like the heart of the song, it's got a good meaning to it, but yet there is those elements like infidelity, we'll say, for like, you know, not being loyal. How do you deal with that as a Christian that goes to church every Sunday that is in ministry deal with stuff like that in country music you know it's yeah. kind of it's a really i know that's kind of a tough question to ask uh, <laughs> but i i am no, curious 100 yeah so um here's here's how i'll answer that my thing is i don't mind maybe like a melody with it and i might not necessarily mind a song but i'm also somebody who Though, yes, I'm avid Christian, love my faith in Jesus Christ, uh, pastor at a church. I also know not everybody is going to have those same values and whatnot, or obviously they wouldn't be singing about it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, some of, you know, some stuff I might, you know, I might kind of just tune out a little bit, you know, personally, because and I would I would recommend that to really anybody too, regardless of Christian, you know, if, if you've had a long, let's just say you've had a long struggle with like, uh, alcohol abuse or whatnot, probably shouldn't listen to a song about alcohol abuse <laughs> just to help you out personally. You know what I'm saying? Like, forget about the faith aspect of it. Obviously that'll help, but you forget about that for a second. It might not be best for you to listen to that. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I mean, I, I have, I kind of don't mind kind of separating it there a little bit. Cause I know not everybody's going to really believe and have the same outlook that I have. And, um, and I would, I would caution people based on their struggles per the song, if that kind of makes sense. I really, yeah, that's a really good answer. I, I know that was a hard question to ask, but it it came no. to my mind when you're explaining like the relatability to your life and stuff, and then you being a minister essentially. It's like I wonder yeah. how he balances that, you know. And one thing I will say yeah. is some people use music as a therapy, essentially. They do. And country music does a great job of dealing with like if you do have alcohol abuse singing about that alcohol abuse may be a way that you deal with it, you know? So it has the good and the bad to it. So I really appreciate you answering that, even though it was really hard to answer. Like I said, like me personally, I, I don't struggle with alcohol abuse, but you know, songs like that, when you really think about it, like the man and you kind of wonder, man, I, cause me, I'm going to look into somebody's spiritual life, obviously. And even even if they might not be a Christian one, I, it still interests me because uh, I'm 
I'm really interested like in other people. I'm interested in like the why behind things, you know? So like if somebody does have a song about that, I think like, man, I wonder, I wonder what they've had to go through in life. You know, I wonder what, what kind of experiences they've had where I'm like, maybe there's some things that I kind of reflect. Maybe I've had the same experience, but in a different way, you know? And so it's a, it kind of makes you reflect on um, how, good of a life you might have how blessed that you are that um you might not be able to relate with some of that and with uh with some other things too so yeah it's uh it's uh i actually appreciate you asking me that question because i think it's uh um i'm sure that probably came across some of the listeners minds too you know so yeah yeah i really appreciate really appreciate you asking that of course. I like to have at least one good question on the podcast every episode. Oh, yeah. So it makes it seem like I'm kind of smart, you know, just, just insy bit. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Not this hillbilly dumb redneck that records on a microphone that looks like a snowball <laughs> and a red solo cup. <laughs> Dude, I thought that was one of those uh, Christmas uh, polar Polar bear Coca-Cola things there for a little bit. Maybe it is. Maybe what? maybe yeah. a multitask. <laughs> no, oh, me. Well, well, man, boy. I appreciate you having me on here. I can't wait to come back on again. Of that course, is man. You... Of course, whenever we, you know, get you another day, in about six months, whenever you get clear, you know. Well, uh, might do one at Talladega, you know. We'll, we'll figure hey, out something. We're... We'll definitely have to do one after the Ward Davis concert for sure. Sometime oh, yeah. that way. absolutely. Because I think you'll have a really good experience there. But that is way. there anything that you want to plug? So either your uh, your podcast that you're on, I'll make sure I put them in the description, of course. But is, tell us a little bit about it, what the name of it is, what what you do in it, etc. Yeah, so uh, I'll uh, talk about our church podcast it's just called monday main point it's pretty pretty simple and straightforward thing uh with uh me and the other pastor i serve we pretty much just go over the sermon basically and so even um even if you have not listened to i mean even if you haven't attended it can still be all right to listen to because we pretty much recap it and even even if you are not a christian uh, I would encourage you to listen, or even if you're just somebody who might just be interested in spiritual things, check us out. And um, and I think uh, think you'd probably like that. We also, I'm also on another podcast with my buddies uh, Austin and Kent called Meaningful Ministry in a Microscopic Town. Now they are in microscopic towns. I work in Durham. So I'm kind of like, <laughs> I'm kind of like the uh, odd man out there a little bit with, uh, with that one. But I'm obviously from a microscopic town, and I've done like rural ministry, and I see what what it's like in the city. But we kind of talk about uh, like some. We're all youth and kids pastors, so we kind of talk about uh, how the church would address something like social issues and stuff like that. So whereas the church one that I do, Monday Main Point, is pretty calm, this other one gets into more like spicy issues, you know, if you if you will. So that's uh uh but it's fun. It's it's nothing like um it's not gonna be anything that's like 
typical you would think like judgmental like Westboro Baptist like holding up signs or anything like that. We uh, we definitely ain't like that at all because we don't believe that's a good method. And we also believe in showing love to people too by, you know, for sure. So uh, that's uh, that's what we do. So uh, if you're interested in like some Christian outlooks on uh, some uh, social issues and some pressing issues kind of like around the – it's kind of going on around the world, we got that. And uh, even, even if you're not a believer, I encourage you to – listening to that and it's uh you know you can just get a, get a different take on something even if you disagree with it that's all right yeah, absolutely and what i really respect about your podcast i've listened to a couple episodes is it's not only just like super deep rooted theology issues it's also the social issues of the time how you can relate that to your faith and your spirituality and on top of that you have funny stories in there. Like when I that heard is- the story about the freaking squirrel, I about died. I about like ran yeah. off into a ditch driving. I, I really think even if you're like an atheist, if you listen to this pocket, you would at least laugh. Oh, so- absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Cause some of the stuff that gets brought up, is just yeah. way out there and you, and you just got to love it. I mean, you really do. So I, I give the personal, thumbs up to it so if you guys will check it out i will put the link in the description of the podcast for this episode blake thank you so much for taking time to sit here and talk about country music and uh, of course for being one of the best friends that i could have ever had in my life man i really appreciate it yeah absolutely ditto back to you man it's been a fun ride and we'll continue having a fun ride in our lives as we turn different ages this year and it's a uh, it's always a fun time with you man so i appreciate you love you and i thank you for uh having me on it was uh it was a lot of fun so hopefully yes, uh hopefully you won't get too much backlash from your listeners <laughs> be all right we're uh we're all about bringing up some strong opinions around here so that's I think, right i think they can respect that so uh, all right uh, man you you go hang out with your girl and uh have fun. Be safe at that airport, and I will see you, man, later. You take care of yourself, all right? Uh, it is, man. Adios.